selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. that beat did you hear it drop in wherever you are whenever you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to dlc especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run we're gonna be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely Free thanks to our sponsors this week ExpressVPN, Mint Mobile, and Ritual. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show all about games. And there are many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also, games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co host, slash nemesis, the guy whose madness isn't just restricted to March, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. Uh, This is it. It's like the last, when you're listening to this, last full week or 10 days or so for my comic book on Kickstarter consequences. Um, You can find a link on my Twitter or at my website, christianspicer.com. There's an international shipping option for the physical book if you want it. And if you want to hear a whole much, whole bunch more about it and comics in general, I was on episode 122 of the Kind of Funny podcast with Greg, Nick, Tim, and Andy. And we talked about the book a lot and comics and a whole bunch of fun stuff. So check it out and then go uh, go support this book on Kickstarter. Let's get this final push in the can. Thanks so much. Yeah, man. Congrats on that. That uh, You did it. You're you're in the, the home stretch of your Kickstarter campaign. Uh, congrats. I'm sure it's been uh, a wild ride. It is it is stressful, but yes, it is it has funded, and now we're working towards some stretch goals. And if international folks want some uh, physical copies of the book, there is that option as well. And if you've been on the fence, go get it. Uh, you can listen to 
Greg's a, Greg read the book, so we talk about it some on that kind of funny. Um, it was, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm blown away. I can't wait for people to get their copy. It's awesome. Uh, also, before we jump into the show, I want to say quickly a big uh, shout out and get well soon to our friend and friend of the show, Andrea Renee, who is home after a, a much too long stint in the hospital, uh, recovering from some pretty extensive surgery. Uh, we love you, Andrea, and we wish you a very speedy recovery. Um, I I hope that uh, she's back in everybody and uh, over at What's Good Games, back in everybody's ears very, very soon. All right, let's get to the show. We got lots to cover. We got games. We got a, a ton of interesting news bits to give to you. But we also have an awesome guest to do it with. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I am so excited because DLC stands for Detonating Lifestyle Charges. Because from Geek Bomb, we have <laughs> celebrity interviewer, on-camera host, VO artist, and geek, the amazing Maud Garrett is with us for the first time. Hey, Maud. Wow. I was like, where are you going with this segue? But you landed that. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have been friends for a long time, but it's the first time on the show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. I'm glad we yeah. finally got to uh, make it happen as well. Yeah. I, DLC, I was like, don't lose content. What is- <laughs> there you go. Yeah. What it, it changes every week. We, okay. we come up with a new acronym. So, uh, you know, it's don't lose whatever you want it to be. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's hop into the show and start the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments, questions, anything you'd like, even reviews of your own games. If you'd like them featured on our show, dlcfeedback at gmail.com is where you send them. Uh, you can also visit our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Or head over to our Discord, which is 5x5dlc on Discord as well. But, Maud, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. Oh, what yeah. would you consider to be your story of the week? I want to go, I want to talk about the Square Enix Presents, please. Yes, the first ever Square Enix Presents uh, we are in a world now where everybody's oh, got to have their... like Phoenix? I can't say Enix like an Australian? Oh, no, no, please. Square Enix. I, I will I will conform to your parameters. I, I apologize. Do I have to put uh, an R in square as well? <laughs> no, I, as long as uh, when I say no, I don't have to have it be like 14 syllables, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's a cheap jab. Yeah. Um. No, no, uh, I've, I've narrowed from time to time. Uh, I've been this, known. Is a, <laughs> this is the the first ever that they've done, and all these companies now are doing their own version of the uh, the you know the Nintendo uh, directification of the entire industry. Um, and we got some interesting tidbits. No Final Fantasy news. No, uh, I think a lot of people were hoping for that, but. Some interesting things, uh, a number of things that I'll, I'll go down the list real quick, and then you can pick out whichever are your favorites or you're, you're most interested in. Um, we got uh, some updates on the Avengers. There's a, there's a roadmap for how the Avengers content updates are going to be rolled out, including Black Panther as a playable character and Wakanda 
as a location and a whole bunch of other stuff coming to Avengers over the next months. Uh, and there's a new Life is Strange game called True Colors, which will be coming out in September uh, and will not be episodic. It will be one big, long, complete game. We got Tomb Raider, the Definitive Survivor Trilogy, which is the uh, rebooted Tomb Raider games, the, those three games all bundled together. We got a mobile, bunch of mobile games, a Just Cause mobile game, a Hitman mobile game. We even got a mobile Space Invaders game that will work in AR that they're working on. And I think the, the biggest one, or at least the most surprising or uh, unknown at this point, was uh, the game previously known as Project Athia, which they had teased a while back. Now has an official name. It's called Forspoken, uh, which I think is the answer to what's your mouth for? It's Forspoken. Um, that, was that, was, that was terrible. I had a really good dad joke as well, but that was so much worse. I, I, had, I had one where it was like, you know why they're building out mobile games and like why this game in particular? Why? Just because. Just because. Just because. Yeah. That's, uh, that's far superior to mine, I will admit. Uh, anyway, we got our first uh, sort of gameplay tease for Forspoken, uh, which is not coming out until 2022. Uh, but, Maud, what of all of that stuff from the Square Enix? 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 En- what you say, Enix? I said Enix. Enix. Square Enix. The Square Enix uh, presentation. <laughs> which, is your, which is your favorite? Um, I think I'm fascinated by Space Invaders going into AR because I'm excited about AR because I always saw VR as a stepping stone to get to AR because I think the more accessories that are needed for something, the less inclined we are to explore it or pay for it. Unless Um, it's going out and about, then all the accessories are needed and they make it better. Don't forget to... Yeah. We haven't even gone out in like over a year, but I'm I'm ready when I get to go out and about again. I am going to be... Bling out, just, just everything. Yeah, all my all my pins. I'm so excited. Um, out of that news, though, I think that more Tomb Raider is good. I think they're very, very good games. But I think the problem, if it can be called a problem with Tomb Raider, is that Camilla Luddington is such a good voice actor mm-hmm. that when my poor girl would die because of my playing and I would fall into a ravine or fall off a cliff or die violently. The way that she died was so excruciating for me that I could, I, I could not keep playing the game. I have oh to put the controller yeah. down and walk away. Cause I felt so guilty. Because well, those games are brutal. Yeah. They are, they are, they are visceral. Uh, you know, it, it is, it's, she gets stabbed and you feel it, man. It is, it is, it is. Yeah. They're, they're real. It's, it's interesting that this uh, definitive survival trilogy, I feel like we already had a trilogy release of this game, but evidently not. Um, but this marks the 25th anniversary of Tomb, Tomb Raider. Oh, wow. uh, and they were also in line with that 25th anniversary mod, there will be a Tomb Raider cookbook. So Why? Are, you excited? are you excited about the cook? Well, haven't you always wanted to cook all those delicious things that you see Lara Croft eating? I mean, she's just constantly eating delicious. Is it recipes. because Lara Croft is always in the kitchen? <laughs> no, I, I hope not. I don't think so. I, uh... Just seems real on the nose. There are two rules about tomb raiding. One, always raid the tomb. Two, you do your best cooking in ancient tombs like i can't <laughs> tell you like i make a delicious pesto pasta but yeah. pesto pasta made in a tomb oh it's like just like the air it's of the, the unknown yeah. like yeah like the, the whispering demons that are like we're gonna kill you 
is like just spice, just spice on top of it. Do you guys so have good. any uh, any That's recipes? Do you have any recipes that you hope make it into the like you you know I don't know top recipe you would like to see in the Tomb Raider cookbook mod? Yeah, bringing down the pastaraki. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'd like to cook that one up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, like the, the, the twin pistol pasta. I don't know. The twin pistol. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what about the stuck on a rebarb rib? You know? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's a knife in my ribs. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a knife. Uh, interesting. Um, anything else? Uh, you know, I, I think that you brought up the AR, um, uh, Space Invaders game. You know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm bullish on VR and AR in, in general and, uh, excited for when we finally get AR goggles that are a consumer product. And, you know, there's all these rumors about Apple having their headset, a VR headset first, and then an AR headset to follow. And I wonder how much of this is like having games ready to go when those, devices are finally in the channel because as cool as the ar on the phone is as like a wow this technology is neat i don't find myself wanting to look through a tiny little window in the world to play these things uh while holding my can't my phone up but you know hopefully when the goggles happen when the actual head mounted displays uh happen these will be you know forward compatible is it psychotic or bionic of me to just want to skip forward to the chip. I'm ready, dude. Put the microchip in my neck. Let it happen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm ready to be. I want to go full cyborg. Yeah. You know, I'm not I just watched cyborg. F- Did you see it? You saw it as well. He's just so keen to get his medal out, isn't he? <laughs> he like <laughs> yeah. undid the zip and he's like, "Oh, I'm ready." And I was like, "Oh, wow, cyborg." Yeah. He came out. He came out uh, much improved in the four hour cut, I must say. Uh, but yeah, I'm re- I'm ready. Give me the four microchip hours. in my neck. Yeah, I watched it in one sitting too. Did you? So did, did I. I felt yeah. like I was there for three weeks. Part <laughs> <laughs> uh, nineteen. Oh, we're still going. <laughs> we're still going. Did you, I had uh, six you all, birthdays and a kid. You know. <laughs> there was a ad that kept being served on like social. I think I saw it on Twitter, and it was like a promoted ad, and it was like for. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is what we're talking around for a little bit here, but there was an ad, and it would show the Flash, and it would say, "Blink, and you'll miss him." And it's like, not in the four-hour cut. There's a lot more flash. Like, <laughs> I get it. He's fast, but he's in the movie a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of Ezra Miller as uh, Barry Allen? We're sidetracking. I, I like it. I, I thought Flash was great. I, I liked him in the first the first version of the movie, even though I really didn't like that first version of the movie. I I, uh, I thought he was um, charming and funny and fun, and I liked the take. I like how different it was. Like, they went a different direction, and that's cool. We We have a Flash TV show where he's not like that, and... I like the kind of goofy, awkward flash. That was fun. Hmm. Comedic relief was really necessary. I liked that. I don't know why he didn't open the door from the pet shop. Like, is he going to miss half a millisecond if he opened the, like, open the door. Open the door. If you're going that fast. You've never been a superhero. Open the door. You've never been a superhero. He he takes the time to move her hair out of her face. Open the door. He's having a creep moment. (laughs) Open the door. Open the door. (laughs) That's I think she. I think Ma just nailed you on the. You've never been a superhero. That's uh. That's pretty. Anyway, Christian, what is what is your take on the Square? I'm gonna Enix. mess it up. Square Enix uh, presents. Uh, do you have any? Uh, I know that you are very disappointed with Avengers. Does this tempt you to return to that game at all? Nope. 
Nope. I mean, there's a new character out right now, unfortunately. Hawkeye, right? It, yeah. I. Man. It's, you just said everything. You just said everything with that noise. It's not good. It's not good. The, I, I wish it was. The game's so very mediocre, and there are so many other games that are coming out, and adding Black Panther later isn't going to... And Spider-Man's not coming until the summer or later. I feel I feel bad for people that bought it on a Sony system. And the upgrade path on the Sony system, which isn't all uh, Square Enix's fault, I'm sure, is bad. It, they, I know some folks love it, but Avengers, in my opinion, is such a mediocre game. And it's such a shame because um, it could have been great. I, it's I just not. Well, when you look at the sort of the evolution of the superhero video game, like who Superman 64 is just actual like dumpster fire <laughs> garbage. True. But then when we moved up to uh, Spider-Man on the PlayStation 4, we were like, wow, this is actually getting a lot better. I'm actually enjoying sort of like this iteration. And so the pendulum had swung completely the other way in the last 15 years, uh, 20 years. Oh, it's been 20 years. Um, maybe more, 25 years. <laughs> Might be more. How does that happen? Christian thinks everything was five years ago, so... <laughs> Christian says the nineties, like it's five years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. But in saying that, like, you know, I just don't think, especially when you've got a Marvel branding all over it, it just can't be bad. Um, So I, yeah, it didn't have the strongest start. Some people have really enjoyed it. I have not been enticed to play it at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing to me. I I think it's good that they're not. Oh my God. Hawkeye looks like Robert Buckley. Do you guys know Robert Buckley? It does look odd. I think all of the, human faces in this square version of Avengers are, are, are not great. They don't look great, but um, you know, I I'm, I've been rooting for this game and I hope that this, this new content, I, I'm glad they're not doing the uh, uh, Anthem thing and just going bye game. We, oh, it didn't work. I wish clearly, they would. I what? wish they, I'd rather get a new Avengers than more of this. Just well, cut, cut they, and run. It's not going sure to, Greg, Greg Miller put up a great video talking about like what he wants. It's like, a he lot got of what good, he wanted. No, <laughs> basically, he just said, "I want, I want a roadmap," and they're like, "Here's a roadmap." Yeah, Tell and then he outlined getting. things that would like yeah. be in it. And it's, it's no, I, I, man. It's to Mod's point, Spider Man is so good, and Miles Morales is so good, and to Jeff's point, every game's being delayed. But Arkham is so good; those games are so good, and and Avengers isn't. It just, it just isn't. It's not bad. It's not Superman sixty four. It's not bad. It's just. It's it's just so mediocre, which sometimes is worse. Because then I'm like, I will play. It. It's not that bad. And then I'm like, I yeah, could be it's not actively doing anything bad. else. Yeah. I didn't even put uh, Arkham's delay in the rundown because every game is being delayed, Christian. Yeah, it's not even news anymore. It's not even news. Um, I do want to get your take, though, Christian, about on uh, this uh, Forspoken footage. I thought it looked awesome. Uh, I I could have done without the you know, is is that an mfing dragon? as the first line we hear from the game i'm like uh, okay okay but um i think it looks awesome the the traversal stuff zipping around the environment the environments themselves look really next gen and awesome Uh, i'm I'm excited for this game yeah a little bit of it now it looks beautiful i mean it's announced dragon (laughs) mfing dragon mfing dragon it's announced for 2022 which by jeff's rule means 2023 or later right like but it looks super next gen and i think that's what i'm excited about are these games that um push these new consoles and on hardware in ways um that kind of shows them off in big ways so i'm very excited about that i'm i'm curious 
you know, I don't want to say what type of game it is, but kind of what type of game it is. Like, it's what like are, a third person open world action adventure. Yeah. Right? And, I, and I'm, I'm curious if it, if it kind of sticks that if it's a uh, horizon esque, but right. the traversal looks so much faster that Definitely. how big is that world then? You know, it, it's, it's, I'm very interested in the game. And, it's like the uh, Lost of Us meets Skyrim. I look, I mean, it looks really uh, with magic. I guess Skyrim has magic, but it looks, yeah, it looks really, um, I'm really excited about it. I, I'm shot to the top of my keep an eye on 2022 list. I really love that they're using sort of like, because mocap's gone so far that this is Ella uh, Belinska. So I've interviewed yeah. her. She's one of the most stunning women I've ever seen in real life, like just absolutely breathtaking. So to see her rendered in this game, like it's her. Yeah, This isn't like one half of a, eyebrow kind of look the same this is like really well done that's exciting yeah. it's as she is that character she's portraying yeah. that character yeah it looks, it's really cool yeah. um all right uh christian spicer what is your story of the week yeah uh sorry jeff but it, it's gotta be the continuation of sony talking about next gen psvr at, at one hand yeah. they say it's not close and on the other hand they're like here's everything about it and also here are the new controllers but also here are these it was like here's what we're going to do for the PSVR2 then it was like a week of nothing then it was like here are these base PSVR games we're going to just kind of put them all out on one afternoon on the blog then a week of nothing and then it was like by the way look at these dope controllers we don't know when they're coming though so the news is they've shown off the next gen PSVR2 controllers that look a lot like um the Oculus Touch style controller with the brace around the outside and thumbsticks and they're going to include um haptic feedback which is very exciting they look like yeah the same style of haptic feedback that the new dual sense controllers on ps5 are employing evidently awesome and and such a nice take on that you know of evolution of hd rumble so to speak from the switch um i'm super excited for these these look like competent <laughs> vr controllers i i asked you after this release jeff on the playstation blog do you think this thing's sooner than Sony's letting on? Or are they kind of just getting the information out now? I I dare not hope, but I, I kind of hope. I mean, I think that it is a weird time to start trickling out this kind of stuff if it's not going to be a this year kind of thing. Who knows? I, I'm hoping that it's a this year. Uh, and these controllers are exactly what I wished for, right? I mean, I the thing, even above and beyond the substandard resolution of the current psvr which is not that bad honestly the games look fine they don't it's not valve index it's not even oculus quest 2 uh, at this point there is an older tech than that but even beyond that those move controllers from day one on psvr were holding it back they just on day one this is the first time we don't have a phallic looking remote remember playing Wii? remember playing move like, oh yeah they say it looked like a microphone for play no it didn't it's phallic movement i remember like trying to play mario party and you did the shake a can challenge yeah you couldn't do that and look someone in the eye so i love <laughs> the fact that this looks like kind of like you're strapping in to play a little bit of boxing instead of it being you know like well, I, I have to say the best comment that I saw from someone, I wish it was me that had said this, but I, I, I don't know who it was. But if you look at the picture of them, especially one on the hands, mm. it does look a little bit like space underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 
please will go nicely. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, I don't know how far we've gotten away from the groin region, but uh, it's an improvement. And, you know, th- those move controllers were just were just terrible. They were terrible, terrible move also. Like they weren't they weren't <laughs> yeah. great. Like they were like the Wii, you know, uh, competitor for the PlayStation 3. And they weren't great then. You know, they were fine, but they were atrocious as a VR controller. And so to have something that's competent and, you know, I I kept trying to look at this picture and seeing like, is this inside out? Like it's got to, right? I can't have tons of lighthouse. They said it, that the the headset can track these controllers. The headset, they haven't said the headset is inside out, but they said the headset can track them, which is what's needed for inside out tracking. So I feel like that's a tacit acknowledgement that the, that's what's going to be, which makes me super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I, I'm excited. It'd be real nice. Um, Jake 32 in the chat says that maybe dev kits are going out. So to get ahead of leaks, they're kind of Sony's just releasing the stuff themselves, which smart. Could make that's sense. smart analysis. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Uh, it's a, it, it did say at the end of the PlayStation blog that they were sending them out to developers. Now, uh, Maude, are you, uh, are you VR positive? Are you, uh, do you think you enjoy the experience in VR? Or are you, uh, or are you sort of like, eh? Have you been tested? Are you VR positive? Like, how did it, how did it come back? <laughs> um, so I, I do have an Oculus Quest. Um, it's still wrapped in the plastic. <laughs> you Keep it even, safe because you, you love it so much. It. You yeah. want to put it all the way back each time a, you play with it. When did I get it? Uh, Facebook gifted it to me like a year and a half. Well, that's different when it's a gift and you're just like, I didn't want this thing anyway. But like, I should. There's no reason why I have not played this except I just have been playing everything else instead. Well, you should unwrap it at some point because there's some really cool stuff. Some cool stuff you would like, I I think. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Anyway, I'm super excited that these controllers are happening. I mean, that was my biggest hope. And it sounds like it won't require the PlayStation camera as a tracking device. I just, all of this points to them doing a really strong revision of this technology, which makes me excited because Sony's in on VR and they've come, they've had really wonderful software that's been hampered, frankly, by the move controllers, most, most of all. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm really, really excited about this news. This is, this was going to be my story of the week for sure. Um, but there is other stuff. There is other stuff to talk about. In fact, there's other Sony stuff to talk about. Uh, the Evo fighting game tournament has been acquired by Sony. Uh, PlayStation now co-owns Evo, uh, along with its new esports venture called RTS. And this is the preeminent fighting game tournament in the world. Now uh, controlled in large part by one company, the Founders of Evo have gone on the record and said that that doesn't mean they're only going to be playing on PlayStation hardware. They are still going to play on a wide variety of platforms and use a wide variety of fighting games. Um, the The next competition, last year's competition actually was canceled, not just because of COVID, but also because there was like a scandal, horrible, like horrible scandal. Uh, so evidently this year's, one is back on as a virtual event and uh, they will you know, be doing Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and all the, the standards. So it's not like Sony bought it up and went, we're only doing Sony stuff. It's all everybody's playing uh, PlayStation All-Stars. That's the only game we're doing. <laughs> They're not doing that. 
Um, but what do you think, Ma? Do you, do you think that um, a, a one platform holder buying an ownership stake in this event is a is a bad thing, or do you well, think it would end up being a good thing? We're seeing more and more of that, you know, with um, Microsoft buying or like partnering up with Bethesda. So we're seeing sort of like these core alliances take place. In terms of like actual like a, a tournament, I I don't see the issue. Money's money is um, money. And like you're saying, if it's not limiting sort of like the, the games that you can play, I personally not really heard of Evo. Um, and I think that RTS is a very interesting name because RTS real-time strategy Rooster's Teeth store, like there's so many <laughs> yeah. things that RTS already is. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. I think yeah. I think you're right. I, I wonder, Christian. You know, the the, the quote from the uh, press release here is the fighting games are hugely popular on PlayStation consoles, with gamers logging in more than 1.1 billion gameplay hours in 2020 alone. We at Sony are committed to breaking down the barriers for gamers to compare compete at all levels and providing a best-in-class global platform for them to showcase their skills and passion. Um, you know, there's an argument to me that having, you know, some more Sony backing, it will bring Evo to the next level. Uh, I don't know how much of an Evo fan you are, Christian, but do you think this is a good thing? Yeah, I've certainly enjoyed some Evo over the years. Um, if it was required to keep Evo alive, then yes, I think it's a good thing. Broader than that, no probably not it, um i can't imagine if you're nintendo or smash and like that like, yeah you can still participate you're going to be in this corner the admittance fee is going to be there you know it just doesn't seem like it has long-term appeal to other consoles spending significant time and resources on it you'd have to oh, think, so you don't buy it you don't you don't buy the well, they're welcome. Stay agnostic oh, no no i think they're welcome but if i was spending this money and i was sony you better believe it'd be full of PlayStation advertisements. The version of the game at the end would be played on PlayStation fives, you know, except for smash that is stuck on a, you know, one, if it's multi-platform, you're playing it on playstations, you know, bring your own stick or whatever you're going to do. Um, but you have, there, there's, there's a, a reason for this. <laughs> it's not just, we're going to buy it for, cause we love Evo and it's going to go away. And so I think if you are Microsoft or Nintendo, you have to think about, you know, how involved you want to be and whether you want to be there. And if you're a game, a fighting game now, I, I think you better think about launching a really good version on PlayStation. Um, <laughs> and so I, I do think over time we'll see it be more and more and more PlayStation focused, which to some extent it already has been, um, you know, they don't talk about the consoles. You just see the fight stick or like the, what is it? Hit pad or what are those? They're not even new anymore. Five years ago, uh, all button controllers. Um, you mean the nineties? <laughs> no, it's actually more recent than just that. the other day uh, yeah just yesterday <laughs> um and then there was smash right kind of on its own thing but I i'm curious i i'm i'm super curious i think i imagine playstation and, and rts which i agree with mod is an odd name um the, the other name they're going to go with was fps but they didn't <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so well, I'm, I'm curious what this year is going to be it's interesting you know this new esports venture when you're seeing other news this week that uh, Activision Blizzard is pulling back and, and they laid a bunch of people off, uh, or maybe it wasn't Activision Blizzard. Was somebody, somebody was laying no, a bunch Activision of people Activision Blizzard, off. well, they, they laid off people from eSports, and then they also laid off a whole bunch of people from Europe, and they yeah. gave Bobby like 200 or 300 million bonus. Like, that, good job. That, that makes sense, right? You know, he's doing all the work. Um, 
but you know, basically the idea being that a lot of these, um, these companies who had big esports ventures, big, big layouts of money for esports are pulling back, realizing there's not going to be a lot of live events in the short term. Uh, and here is Sony kind of going the opposite direction. Are they redistributing their budgets? Maybe they are, this is their E3 budget and they realize that this is where they can actually generate and control more things because, let's face it, E3 is... That's a fascinating take. You know, the, all these, you know, the multi-million dollars that these companies all spent on E3, they don't have to spend and anymore. Evo uh, getting all those eyeballs, maybe that, I mean, that could be a big part of a short-term plan. It's, mar- it's a marketing strategy, yeah. All advertisements are going to be world exclusive. You know, Horizon Forbidden West is going to be shown at Evo in the grand finals or something like that. That could be big. Well, PlayStation, I, th- I believe they were one of the first ones ages ago to set apart their own sort of like PlayStation not convention, but like um, announcement day, you know? Yeah, they're Yeah, yeah. Right. and now you yeah, they're expo. And then you've got um, like Nintendo have their announcements and they're doing their own unique things. Like E3 more and more as time has gone on has been almost, it's becoming obsolete. So yeah, for sure. It's, and it's I a good chunk of coin. It is, it is. It's a, it's a big layout of funds. So you're, I think that's an astute observation. I um, mean, if wh- Sony wants to buy DLC, they can buy my, portion at least i don't want to speak for anyone else but i could it could just be playstation here in the middle um and any well, they comment- would probably like it because it's dlc they're like great yeah. add it to the collection <laughs> any story they want to bring up you know i'll just be like well let me see there's a lot of good playstation 5 remains the best console <laughs> on the market five, five. <laughs> i'm here i'm jeff canada and with me as always is my co-host the sony corporation <laughs> oh my, uh, no, my <laughs> guest is the triangle. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stories. I want to talk about this next gen PSVR controllers. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but they revolutionized. Yeah, we can't talk about the stock price again, Sony Corporation. Uh, I really I should start a podcast called RPG then, if that's. Uh, I do want to bring up one more story uh, th- that I think is interesting. You know, we we talked at length about Stadia and its um, closing, shuttling of of their internal game development studios, uh, which were going to be headed up in large part by Jade Raymond. Well, news this week that she has very quickly landed on her feet, uh, forming a new studio um, in Montreal that will be creating a new IP. Very excited about that new IP. Uh, for PlayStation, this is called Haven Entertainment Studios, mm. and it is. Uh, I mean, we've got lots of Sony news this week. Maybe we are. Maybe the second chair is the <laughs> maybe Sony Corporation. We did sell out. <laughs> <laughs> I would love. To, I can't wait for the deck to arrive. <laughs> uh, also, Game Pass is great. Look, I'm open to either. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, Microsoft, right. call me, Nintendo. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Um, Anyway, Sony has invested in this company, and so it's, it sounds like it's going to be a uh, an exclusive to, to PlayStation and PC, whatever they're working on. Uh, I'm sure many years out. This is a brand new studio, brand new IP, lots of development ahead of it. Um, but uh, I'm curious, you know, Jade Raymond, I think, Mod, is, is probably the most marquee woman developer, video game developer in the industry. Uh, and it's great to see her continuing to, um, you know, uh, start new studios and do new things. Do you have any hope for this IP? A lot of the stuff she's done lately hasn't seen the light of day. 
if the company is holding you back and you're yeah. putting all of this like years and money and effort into things that just are getting shut down and not seeing the light of day or not coming to fruition, you just kind of want to take a little bit more power and actually, uh, I call it GSD, get shit done. Yeah. Um, you know, like G- she just wants to GSD with this. Real I bad. call it RTS. You call it, you want, <laughs> I'll call it what I want. <laughs> I call RTS. it platformer. That's the name of my company. Um, but good honor i say and i know that montreal's doing like really good stuff and always have in the video game world so more power but haven's a great name it's a cool name it is a cool and i I love the idea that they're going to create a new ip i mean she uh, you know headed up the team that that created assassin's creed and um watchdogs and uh was working on i think new ip for stadio when it was all shut down so uh i i think you know Clearly, this is a AAA venture, and, and I'm excited to see what she does. Uh, Christian, do you have any thoughts about this? Well, my thoughts are Maud kind of hit on it, I think. I mean, I, I think I'm curious if there's more to the name. You know, like, she uh, Jade has been at um, under larger corporate structures before. Yeah. And I wonder if starting her own thing is her haven. And right. it's, you know, she's seems, I don't know her personally, but based on her past creative work that we've seen, like an incredibly talented, creative individual. And then under some bigger companies, it seems like some of those things didn't come to fruition. So I'm excited to see what, you know, she and her team can do out on their own and hopefully creating good stuff because I've always loved hearing her talk. Um, even some of the small group stuff over the years at E3, RIP, FPS, RTS, um, <laughs> was always very passionate and like clearly, and like her teams always seemed to really love and believe in what she was doing. So I think this is exciting news. Um, yeah, she seems like a creator that thinks big. Yes, which is something I always get excited about. So yes, uh, yes ho- hopefully this this will. And it sounds like you know having Sony back it is a good thing, and uh, hopefully it means that we'll see a a really awesome new IP. Uh, you know, in the, in a few years, I'm, I'm excited. And that, that PC part makes me think. I'm wondering if they're going to use. Um, oh gosh, it just flew out of my brain. The um, uh, the engine H- Horizon engine that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, a lot of the internal studios at Sony are using it, you know. Yeah, and it ports well to PC, so I, you know, I think there's room there for maybe the, them to get up and running faster than otherwise, which is cool. Hopefully, also we could just have a couple of years off Assassin's Creed, like just, just. <laughs> well, we had a, we just had a, we had a year off of it, and then uh, Valhalla, you know. Exactly, exactly my point. I think Black Flag is one of the greatest game experiences I've ever had. Like, I really loved it. But my gosh, it is the same kind of thing. And that grind mm. is real in those games. So, yeah, just happy, happy to take a year or four. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think the uh, every other it. year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think that's why Valhalla sold so well is that it wasn't on the heels of another Assassin's Creed right away. Um, yeah. All right, uh, let's talk about the games that we have been playing. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, ExpressVPN. How did you choose which internet service provider to use? The sad thing is, most of us have very little choice because ISPs operate like monopolies in the regions they serve. And then they use this monopoly power to take advantage of customers, data caps, streaming throttles, the list goes on. But worst of all, many ISPs log your internet activity and sell that data onto other big tech companies or advertisers. So to prevent ISPs from seeing my internet activity, I protect all my devices with ExpressVPN. That's right, I've been using ExpressVPN 
since well before they were sponsors of DLC. But what is it? Well, it is a simple app for your computer or your smartphone or really any device that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN server so that your ISP can't see any of your activity. And just think about how much of your life is on the internet. Every site you visit, every video you watch, every message you send can be tracked by your ISP or other tech companies, and then they can go and sell that information for profit. And that's the reason that I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're protected. And ExpressVPN does all this without slowing your connection, which is huge. That is why I picked ExpressVPN years ago now uh, as my VPN of choice because it doesn't make my internet crawl to a stop. And it's also why it's rated the number one VPN service by CNET and Wired. So protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link, which is expressvpn.com slash DLC, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash DLC, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash DLC to learn more. It's time to talk about the games that we have been playing this week. Maud, uh, what is on your playlist? All righty. So I have, I mean, I haven't got any of the new consoles yet, so I'm still on my Xbox and PlayStation and PC and Switch. Mm-hmm. But I'm back into the Switch big time, mainly because I can take it into bed and curl up and cry on the screen during the last year. So it's been really great. But <laughs> this is nice. This is nice. Was, <laughs> someone was telling me about Octopath Traveler and um, described it as like kind of your Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, like early old school Final Fantasy kind of game. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so in. I love my RPGs. Let's do this. Um, and it's so far so good. I'm really, really enjoying it. Octopath uh, being eight letters means that you can unlock the stories of eight different characters um there they all are so I'm about 12 hours in on this game really enjoying it super fantasy like just my kind of my kind of jam but I've found that I've been really enjoying sort of like more of the JRPG-esque type games on the Switch like uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses I've played that through twice like I just love that so I've been chewing that up um so yeah this is the game that I've been playing like all weekend um, that's literally where I'm up to. Octopath <laughs> um, Traveler is is a game that I dabbled with a little bit. It didn't get its hooks into me, but I have friends that really, really loved it. I I adore the visual style of that game. I just yeah, think that cute. that shallow depth of field with the pixel art is so like uh, two point five HD. I think is what, and that's what Project Triangle is also going yeah. to use, and it is absolutely gorgeous and i think an art style that works really well on the switch screen as well like handheld or um docked but it yeah it's just it's just stunning how many so wait where we can kind of where are you mod (laughs) broadly i've just um gotten the sixth character okay yeah so i'm like 12 hours in 
Um, I'm getting, where is she? Primrose, Primrose the dancer. So I've just kind of unlocked her story and I'm figuring all that out. But like, what's really exciting, like as a, like for those that have any interest in writing. So I write a lot of sort of like campaign stories and here you need to have eight fully fleshed out, completely different uh, backstories that don't compete with each other, but like make sense. And some of them are a little dull. Some of them are really great. So I've been, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. I've been enjoying the um, the fight system. There's a lot more strategy in it because you can see the order of the lineup of who, whose turn it is. Um, yeah. As you can see, there it is at the top with like um, in the combat, what great timing. Uh, I've been, yeah, I, it's, it's like another level up and I'm starting to really get interested in, instead of it just like being an uh, escape bit of a button mash. Um, to the point where, yeah, I may have looked up best combinations of uh, players, etc. And one of the bosses was really hard and you can't adjust the difficulty, which I wouldn't have, but be prepared to kind of like restart the game a couple of times in it. Christian, did you play this? I did. I didn't make it through because I found the story with those eight stories kind of coming together to not have the narrative hook to pull me along that I'm hoping Project Triangle would, but I loved the combat. I mean, I was playing this, Jeff, when our friend Berg, who's been on the show, yeah. it's been a while, and he's to Maybe he told me about it. it. He might have, because we were all kind of perhaps- He was really circle. into it, yeah. And that's when I finally put it away, when we would check in every little bit, and then Berg was like, I'm here, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't. <laughs> he was <laughs> like right. 800 hours in. He's like, it's amazing. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'll have to tell Berg that I'm on board now. That's good. Because yeah, he, he yes. and I, we were both playing Animal Crossing when that was like, you know, peak pandemic time. When yeah. he was like, I have I have dressed the island. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I have drunk lots. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah. But, that's but it's a game. great game. Uh, I've been playing other ones as well. Uh, Valheim. I've been streaming Valheim. Uh, yeah. Going off like the Valhalla kind of thing. It's a Viking survival so I played a little bit of Rust, and I didn't love Rust. Um, it just didn't really click with me. But I really loved that sort of the the, the Viking version of this one. Uh, it's got a tutorial, like a little bird that just pops up in your open world roaming experience, which kind of navigates you to, to the next thing. The thing I miss, though, is that there's no quest list. You don't unlock quests, ex- like, especially. Um, but it will kind of uh, show you the different shrines, and if you collect the materials to place upon the shrine, you can summon uh, a boss. And that's been pretty interesting. Uh, but I've been playing this game, like you can only, I think, have about eight or ten people on per server. Um, and so that, that's really what makes or breaks the game. It's the people that you play in the game with. Um, have and you been, I've been playing, playing with friends or, or with strangers? Um, bit of both. So, but like friends who game, so Felicia Day, a, a few of her friends um, uh, and people that I've streamed with as well. So that's kind of been really entertaining, hearing Felicia's very colorful language when it comes to <laughs> boss battles, um, but really kind of like getting in it together. Um, so I've been enjoying that one on streams as well. Uh, I'm I, terrible I, I, at building though. Oh yeah. It, my understanding is that the game doesn't require it so much. You can sort of rely on your friends to to build all the stuff that you need if 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 you have good friends. I don't require someone to do it. It, yeah. just, it doesn't have to be you specific. It doesn't be like Jeff Kanata build the ha- like, but someone yeah. needs to. It, it really <laughs> is a ro- like you distribute and delegate roles. Like I was so happy chopping trees and like finding 
meat and like all the supplies and gathering and putting them in the chest for communal use. But good Lord, did I not build anything? I, I, I don't know how I did it. Like abstract doesn't even cut it. There would just be like half a roof just sitting in the middle of nothing. And I'm like, I don't know how I did it. I don't know how to undo it. And I just don't <laughs> no, think I can do this ever again. That's higher skill. I mean, to make a <laughs> roof with no walls, that's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's levitating. I'm a um, very avant-garde. The uh, graphics aren't great. And sometimes it renders at a really like slow bit rate, especially when you get into your um, main sort of like village hub. Um, yeah. And that's like the only sort of like real downside to it. But it's I gotta say, fun. that's that's what's holding me back, Maud. I a very, a very kind listener of the show gifted me a copy of Valheim because I said I wasn't gonna play it, and Christian was talking with some of our other guests, and they were all excited about it. And I was like, ah. Eh. And so this very very kind listener sent sent me a copy, and um, I haven't really had the full experience. I want to get on with Christian, and I want to you know have the whole like we're all friends playing but i dabbled a well, bit don't play with me jeff because i am not your friend and i will not sit around while you do none of the building you get on mm. my server you are building my friend you're going to get over there to our little hut you're going to dig some trenches you're going to raise some roofs you're going to do everything that does sound fun <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Um, but, I, but the visuals like it, I mean, I guess they've sold 8 million copies of this game right now. It is the game of the moment. People love it. And it is, it has become this thing. I, I kind of am baffled by it, to be frank. And I recognize that I am a shallow, shallow person for needing a game to be pretty mm. most of the time. I mean, I, there are games that I, you know, whatever. There are games where it's an art direction thing. And maybe this game is an art direction thing. But boo, it's just not. No, it's, not it's like, like 2004. It. Wow, graphics. Yeah, yeah I think I the lighting like is is better than that. Though. I think the lighting's very pretty. The music is outstanding. The music is great, and as things shift from fantastic. night and day, or you go into like creepy skeleton forest and like green fog rolls I killed in. Killed a kraken. See? Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. What? Whoa! They they fired a harpoon. We had to catch it and then kill it. I've no. I felt alive that day. <laughs> so. You're saying it's it's worth it. You're saying it, it does deliver something that there's other variables. games do not. No, there's variables. Um, like you could you could have just as much fun playing Rust, I suppose, because it's that survival sort of builder. It just right. it's a who you play with that makes or breaks the game. It really. That's is. why. I, like, that's why I, I wonder why eight million people decided this was the game because I I understand that I I playing with friends is super fun and there's we're like, in a pandemic. Yeah, I think co-op infinite. games. I just. Like Among Us, man, that yeah. was a, they were working on the second game because they thought the first one was a bust, and then like COVID hit, and they amplified their sales like two thousand percent or something ridiculous. So it's like yeah, people are just looking great. for co-op games to play with buddies. But I feel like there's an infinite supply of those. I, I don't understand why this what? one. There's a it finite was... for sure. Well, it just feels like it's such a deep well. That there's a lot of games that you can choose from for for co-op experiences. Am I like maybe I'm wrong? I need at least two more. Well, there, uh, there, I mean, it depends on what you want for co-op, right? I mean, there are things like all the other survival games, Rust, Conan, I'm going to leave some out, uh, yeah, and then into broader shooter-type games. But I think, Jeff, in my opinion, to answer your question, it's it was new, and streamers gra- – and it's good. It's very good. We've talked about some on the show. Like, it rounds those edges. Eating – you don't need to eat to survive – there aren't any edges. They're all blurry. No, there are a lot of edges. It's very <laughs> p- polygonal. You can see them. Um, yeah. But you eat to be better. And so that is helpful. And then, so I think it is good and fun. 
Uh, and then streamers gravitated toward it. So if you're in a, if that's who you see playing and you're kind of keeping up with them, then you and your two buddies are going to play also and you're going to have right. a good time. So that, I think that's how it becomes of the moment. And then it continues to be fun. So people keep buying in and keep and talking about it and mod plays with Felicia and they kill a Kraken. And now someone else is going to buy it because that's awesome. That's cool. Like you, that's yeah. super cool. I get it. It was more a serpent than a Kraken, but they called it a Kraken. So I went with it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. He'll give him that. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. The visuals are not, it's not cracking visuals. It's serpent visuals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't, don't let my story become your analogy. Oh, I'm wounded. Yeah. Uh, I know. I'm I'm shallow. I, I freely admit it. I like my games real pretty. Are you? Um, well, that brings me to my third game that I'm playing. Okay. Uh, I, I wiped my file clean. So mm, I have a big history with Zelda. It's like my game. That is a Triforce tattoo on my finger. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst thing, the best and worst thing I ever did was played Ocarina of Time because it made me a gamer, but I finished the game. I finished it and I shouldn't have finished it because I didn't like the fact that it was over. So for <laughs> Breath of the Wild in 2017, when it came out, I smashed that game. It was all done. It came down to the final castle and I was like, I will not finish it. Not yet. I need to, you know, savor this. So two years later, I got back on it and I was like, I forget how to ply. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I just yeah. couldn't figure it out. And so only now during the, you know, a year into the pandemic, I wiped my file and I was like, all right, I'm starting again from scratch. And wow, because it, it's been long enough to kind of forget it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm just, what was that? It's like 110 hours that I just kind of wiped and I'm just going back in it. But look how pretty, you want a pretty game. You want a pretty game. This is the prettiest. I'll grant you that. It is pretty. I I, I am blown away by the the level of uh, intestinal fortitude it would take to delete a 110-hour save game. You know what? I've already finished. I've played Witcher 3 through all the way, and I've played Dragon Age Inquisition through all the way, and you bet your butt I replayed them again during the pandemic. I was like, 150 hours? Have I got time? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Nice. Wow. That's impressive. So is I'm curious about the second playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Are you seeing things you didn't see the first time? Does it feel like you're walking down a familiar path or is it fresh? What, what's that experience of the second go round? Um, sort of knowing what the end point is, but forgetting the journey to get there. Um, yeah. I've also, when I first played, I was very completionist. I wanted to do everything within that area before moving on. And now mm. I'm just trying to like cut a few corners and breeze through. Um, but with these sorts of games, there's like, an infinite amount of ways that you can tackle it, you know, the order that you do it, how you want to unlock it, where you wish to explore. Um, I don't think my way this time has been smarter because the whole time I'm going, if I just unlocked a little bit more stealth, I could climb a little bit higher. And if I just done this, then in it. Um, so I'm probably going to have to put even more time into it. I'm not, I'm taking the, the scenic route. Um, and that is fine by me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Breath of the Wild is a game that's all about the scenic route, right? It's about what's over the next hill, what's what's on the horizon. And uh, cooking. And so they should have had a cookbook. That would make sense because you cook. Yeah. You well, the cookbook would be like throw everything in a pan and watch it bounce and then the, yes. the food is done. Yeah. Yes, you could put in nuts and mushroom, whole mushrooms <laughs> and a bird that you slaughtered with a bow. Yeah. It just bounces. <laughs> just watch it bounce. Uh, it is well, a beautiful game, though. And still, after all these years, I mean... The fault. Yeah, yeah. There is one fault. Okay. Ooh, what's the fault? I would die for her. 
but Zelda's voice acting in this game, the blood moon rises, my <laughs> least favorite one. Not a fan of it. That's yeah. the only thing though. Everything else is great. But as soon as they hit the blood moon link, I'm like, shush. <laughs> I'm having a good gaming experience. She's like, I'm wishing for <laughs> the one I love. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, a flawless game. Yeah. Wow. Christian Spicer. What about you? What is on your playlist? This is one of those weeks where it's a lull as as the you know, new releases are Playing some lull? Some League of Legends? Is that what you just said? I've been playing some lull. Um, Lull. (laughs) No new game for me this week, but uh, I've been playing more Fortnite. Season 6 started. And so this is my first foray into playing a season, starting the season, with the quest system, which I think was introduced last season which kind of replaces, uh, I think it was like the punch cards and some of those daily things that you would do to progress through um, the battle pass. And so I saw quests on season five, but didn't engage with them in a, in a real way because I came into it late. Um, and this is Primal. I just had it up. What is it called? It, yeah, Primal. Um, and so seeing it from the beginning of kind of seeing what my dailies are and my epic quest and doing this to unlock this, basically I'm just trying to unlock the Lara Croft cool skins that are part of the battle pass. Um, man, it, it has become my comfort game. I think in the way that Valheim was for a, a while, I fell back into Fortnite in terms of just like the ease of play for me to be able to kind of just get in and, and, play by myself if I want or just ping one person and be like, hey, you want to play instead of like me setting up the server and everybody jumping in. And That was my Overwatch for three years. Oh, oh was yeah. your comfort game? Yeah. 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 And I think it does a lot of the same things. I, so I'm playing on everything, Jeff. I have it on, I don't have it on my PS5, but I have it on my Series S, I have it on my PC and I have it on my Switch. I play primarily on PC, but everything's cross platform. Like by me yeah. being on PC, we we get matched with other PC players. Um, but since they've introduced bots and matchmaking, I think it's gone a long way in making it enjoyable, no matter what your level is. I redownloaded it on my Switch because I was, I might have said this last week, I was cooking and like making a sauce. And I was like, I got 40 minutes. Picked it up on my Switch and started playing. Um, and the new season's interesting. They introduced crafting, which is new to the game. I don't think it's implemented particularly well yet because it slows things down a little bit. But you, there, there are animals on the island now and by killing them or like bone structures you get bone and meat and so you can cool. <laughs> you still make guns out of it <laughs> we're, get, we're going to cooking again aren't we not quite cooking i mean not yet, the not meat, yet. but not yet but soon <laughs> you can break up the cars and get mechanical parts to craft other things i think there's some weapon imbalance that needs to be worked out i'm basically just waiting for the uncharted pack to join with lara croft now i would definitely uh i want to chloe nadine and nate those would be my three um and the, I believe the Russo brothers wrote and directed this season six primal trailer, like the opening cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, the story they're telling through environmental gameplay and like the way the island is changing and, and the rock is maybe has maybe voiced a character now and is going to be in it more like this thing can't be stopped. And I fell off for a good long time. And I do think some of it is the pandemic and me being able to text just one friend or see that one friend is already on and be like, yeah, I got, I got 40 minutes. I'm going to jump on and play. Um, but man, it's good. It's, and I have a very nice graphics card, but I'm, you know, 
have all the pretty turned on and I'm over 100 frames per second. And it's a very pretty game where every character looks good in it. Like Lara Croft looks so good. I showed yeah. the cable skin last week. So I apologize that I keep talking about it, but I, I keep going back to it. It's really easy to be sucked back into. <laughs> Mod, I'm I'm curious why, uh, what made you leave Overwatch? If, if that was how you, if you went, Christian is talking about is analogous to how you experienced Overwatch for three years. What made you fall off of that well, the long first, commitment? The first two years, I never plugged a headset in. Probably smart. Not, not one. <laughs> and I played this game just of my own volition. My, like I was the only person that I, whose job I had to worry about in a team-based game. And then I finally connected a headset for the last year. And that was so hit and miss that the hits mm. were amazing. Like I actually genuinely made friends from playing online, but the the misses and the lows were volatile sure, and it yeah. really kind of wrecked the experience for me. It completely changed playing the game, like being able to communicate with your teammates. Yeah. Um, but every time I was just like, because I would play Mercy as well, a healer, um, and yeah, it would it would wreck the game experience for like the way that people men would talk boys would talk to me um i'm like cool i'm not healing you and the game would suffer for it but i'm like "Mm, you need to learn this the hard way and then yeah yeah, it was awful so that's a big reason why i was just like no thank you and then too many characters and there's like new maps and then i felt like i you know you take six months off and you come back and it's a a foreign game kind of deal sure everybody's been nerfed or respect i i do think part of what makes call of duty warzone and zombies now and, and Fortnite have staying power um and valorant is is doing great as well it kind of disproves my point but i do think there's something to being able to play with one friend like a duos playlist or playing single player is is fun where you can still get to experience that world and i'd certainly solo queue some overwatch but it's not as fun uh and if you get into a bad game with a mic or teammates that are just like jerks or clearly streaming for lols or something like that and you're just like this isn't a good i I really think there's something valuable and we'll see more games learn from it of providing that experience that can be soloed two people and then up to a team of five six eight or whatever and still be enjoyable i I think that's really key i think valheim does that really well also um yeah wow yeah yeah exactly and so i think we'll we'll see more of it i think overwatch 2 is maybe trying to do that with some of the yeah Mar- the are you excited play. about overwatch 2 are you are you going to be jumping back into that series at that point i'll, I'll give it a go probably um just yeah. because i i like to have a game for every mood uh and at the moment i don't really have uh what you were just saying christian like that short that quick fix that go in you know you know the play you know how it's going to go um, you aim to win and then you're kind of done. And of course, one match turns into 23 by the time you're done. But um, yeah, so I don't have anything like that on my roster. So that would be something that I would probably get into. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, we'll get to my playlist in a second. But first, I want to thank our second sponsor, which is Mint Mobile. After uh, all of 2020 and, and the beginning of 2021 has been so rough, uh, saving money really should be at the top of everyone's New Year's resolution. I mean, we're into March now, but uh, I- I'm all about saving money. And if you're still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless, what are you doing? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 
a month. Christian, I know you have a, a cell phone that you're using with Mint Mobile, right? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's right here. It's my phone. Um, I, I wish it could be like, I mean, it's good except for it's my phone. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best compliment you can give. I I don't think about it. I'm never like, well, I'll make sure my wife brings her phone too. No, it's my phone. It works great. And I love it. You're on Mint Mobile. And by going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile has passed that savings on to you. All the plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any of the Mint Mobile plans and keep the same phone number that you've had along with all of your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door free, go to mintmobile.com slash DLC. That's mintmobile.com slash DLC. Cut your wireless bill. Save yourself some money. Mintmobile.com slash DLC. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E.com slash DLC. Um, I'm also one of those weeks where I didn't play a ton of different things. Uh, I'm still working on, uh, the outer wilds. Um, but I, I want to, I'll talk about that at a later time. The the thing I I wanted to bring up to you guys, and I think, um, I'm curious to hear what you think about it. Maude, you were talking about the switch. The switch has been a big part of my life lately, primarily because my four-year-old has fallen madly in love with it. Uh, he, I, I got the new Super Mario 3D World for him. He'd been playing on my old 3DS, Super Mario 3D Land, uh, and loved that. And so I was all excited when 3D World came out on Switch. We got the Switch. Uh, he and I have been playing co-op together on the big screen. Sometimes he'll play solo on the, on the portable version. Uh, but he has gotten so addicted to it, almost like I feel almost like a bad father for this four-year-old loving video games, maybe too much. But I have played a ton of it lately, and I think the game is excellent, but I have some major issues with it, and major issues that I don't think would have been as evident to me if I wasn't playing with a four-year-old. Does, does it get good four-year-old? Is that the problem? Quit falling no, into that pit? Didn't, my, <laughs> I, I mean, I know I know every parent thinks their kid's a genius, but uh, <laughs> my kid's a savant when it comes to Mario. I, I don't understand it. He's very, very good. Um, but I do believe, you know, I, I, playing something like the, the Sackboy game on PlayStation 5, it does not get enough attention. Right. This is it's an excellent platformer that just because it doesn't have a mustachioed Italian plumber in it, 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 it just gets kind of uh, pushed to the side. People don't get if if Sackboy's level design and everything was, a, a you know, Nintendo released Mario game, people would be like, this is one of the best games of the year. And I do agree that there are tons of wonderful ideas in 3D World. I played it back when it was on Wii U or whatever it was originally released on. And revisiting it, I'm reminded, like, the cat suit. There's so many fun, cool ideas in it. My kid is loving it. But, man, it is very flawed. And very flawed in some baffling ways. 
One of which is the implementation of the multiplayer and the co-op. And I'm curious if you guys think I'm off base on this or if you've even, you know, tried it. But, you know, there's that that mechanic where if one person falls off the screen, if, if, if you know, the lead player moves too fast or goes into a section that the other person can't follow, they get put into a bubble that follows along regardless of what you do. You can pop yourself out of the bubble. Another player can pop you out of a bubble. You're invincible and protected inside the bubble as long as you are there. But if the person who's not in the bubble dies, the game's over. You don't, you, you don't pop out of the bubble. It's as if you're in this stasis. Um, and it's, I think, a clever idea. I think it is a, a brilliant solution in a lot of ways. But I think the camera work... The way the camera handles multiple players playing in 3D world and in combination with how the bubble effect is, is implemented is a catastrophe. Mm. I think it is, it is terrible because it's far too easy for someone to be pulled into the bubble against their will. It is one player kind of controls things. If you are, the camera cannot keep up with two players going in opposite directions. It just, it doesn't expand nearly far enough. It doesn't contract nearly quick enough when the two players uh, realign and get back together with each other. I don't know if either of you two have experienced this, but it it is very frustrating. And it's particularly bad with siblings. When my daughter tries to do it, she's only two. She can't really do anything, but she's constantly going in the wrong direction and making my son frustrated. And I'm like, this is a problem that Nintendo caused, right? My kids, if the, if the camera could just handle it, they wouldn't be screaming at each other right now. My daughter could do whatever she wanted and it would be goofy and she'd fall off the world or whatever. And my son could still be playing, but no, he has to get bubbleized when she moves in the wrong direction. It's, it's broken. It doesn't work. That's my, that's my Ted talk. I'm, uh, I want to commend its ambitious like nature with that because when you look at uh, the other games that are out there, the multiplayer functions, I mean, going back from the Nintendo Wii with Mario Galaxy, the second player wasn't Mario. It was you could collect star bits. And then the modern equivalent of that on the Switch for Mario Odyssey is that you get to then play as the hat that will help guide and work with Mario. Right, So right. to have like a multiplayer thing where it's not only, a, it's not side-scroller, it's a platform, 3D platform with multiplayer, super ambitious. So I understand that. I wonder if the, the thing to aid that is that player one gets sort of prioritized and that's the direction they get pulled. So whoever player two or three, or if you can even do more than that. Um, so putting sort of like the stronger player up first would help with that maybe. But uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that. I have, I, I, I recommend if you want to go down this Mario hole, uh, Luigi's mansion is absolutely fantastic with really fun puzzles. But I also yeah. got um, Mario 64, Mario sunshine and galaxy, the three combo on it. Mm-hmm. And that's been Great too. They've been repurposing games. I played Link's Awakening. Like they've been doing a really, really good job of like recycling games, which is they've always been good with like instead of future proofing, like um, you know, making sure that everything's always going to be better coming up. They've always nurtured and looked back and been able to yeah. kind of like you know nurture the 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 been like past protecting in a way. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I love uh, those classics and you can still play them on switch. And I think it's awesome to be able to play on that, that system. I will say another thing that doesn't get brought up enough when people talk about Nintendo and the switch is that, that joy con issue where things get out of sync or the, 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 you know, it'll have drift or, it'll, you know, your character will just start running in one direction if it loses its brains or, you know, the left Joy-Con will just lose connection. They basically never fixed that and didn't face any repercussions from it, really. there's no, We don't talk about it anymore, but it still happens all the time with us when we're playing on the big screen. Very frustrating. I, I don't know. Christian, what do you think? Am I crazy? And I think they fixed it because I keep buying Joy-Cons. So clearly it's fixed. <laughs> you know, like give yeah. me a Zelda, their uh, Fortnite bundles coming out. Like you make it, I buy it. Everything's better. Um, the disconnect problem still exists for me as well. We have a pro controller and then we'll do the Joy-Cons on the, the yep. little docky thing. That's what and we it's do too. Yep. Not great. That person needs to sit very close to the yes. console, which is not good. Um, Ridiculous. And it's, it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the, the uh, problem is more acute for me because your kids are younger, I, so they're cuter. And yes, I was going to say, and pun very much intended. Uh, my kids are younger, so they want to use the smaller controller. Like that's the one the kid wants to do. He doesn't understand why there's drift. He doesn't understand why he, when he pushed out, he just starts crying because he, he character fell off the world. Very no frustrating. Reason. Mm. Yeah, I've already yeah. had to buy a new Joy-Con as well, and it's like I'm the only one playing it, so I hear it. I hear you, yeah. your frustrations. With Not that. cool, Nintendo. Not yeah. sponsored, but I, I recommend, I think I recommended this to you as well. The Power A controllers are great, and they're not as, I mean, the Pro Controller is good. It's very expensive. Yeah. The Power A controllers are cheaper, and in and, and my experience, have been very good. Um, to your other point for 3D World in general, I, I do think Mod is right. I'm trying to remember the last time I played with my kids, because now they just want to play Bowser's Fury, which kind of gives that second player that assist role. It's a little different. Um but I do think it's first player controls that bubbling. So I think if I, my experience is that's usually the case, but the game sort of makes decisions based on oh. the direction that somebody went. Uh, and so it'll prioritize certain things almost willy nilly. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. And then I, I think another part of it <clears throat> that I think is a, an apt criticism and it. It's maybe about the design. I find that the multiplayer of 3d world excuse me it's similar to the new super mario brothers era multiplayer where it's not it's meant to be people that know what they're doing racing to where they're going so it's tomfoolery and shenanigans and throwing people into pits and trying to get you into the bubble because i'm going too fast got to keep up and you're going to go for this power but i'm not going to let you versus like let's have fun and play together friend it's like a little dash of mario party Yes, yes. It's it, it's competitive cooperative where you kind of need to go. So, I, it, but it's not advertised as that necessarily. It's like four players and you can run around. It's like, don't play with four players. Yeah, <laughs> It'll yeah, be bad, so. <laughs> especially for siblings. It will be bad. Yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's been very frustrating because I feel like they, they get no, there's no one criticizing them for this. And I think there's a better way to do it. It's not like, I totally agree with you, Mod, that it is it's an ambitious thing to even create a big 3D platformer and let up to four people play at once. I love it. Uh, and the fact that my son and I can play together is a gift. And I totally adore the fact that we can play together, but it is it causes more issues. And it and when I look at the the methodology, the the technique they've used to do this, there are some really awesome ideas. It just the implementation feels like it didn't have to be like, quite like this. And maybe you're right, Christian. Maybe the 
the design philosophy was to garner that sense of I can, you know, screw my buddy, uh, mess with your neighbor type stuff. Um, but I wish there was a way to do it where it wasn't quite like that. You know, like you jump in a thing and it just sucks the other player into the thing, turns them into a little dot and pulls them into the thing. Mm. You go too fast, you go too slow. The, the camera is not dynamic enough. It just is not good. And um, maybe it's know. time for Minecraft Dungeon. Mm-hmm. You know, go, go game pass it up. Find some of those uh, other I think fun. he's a little young for that. I, but- was tra- I was trying to think back to the last time that I played again because I have, you know, siblings and I my babysitter was the Nintendo 64. And I was trying <laughs> to think what was a game that was that kind of style. I can't remember the name of it. It's like um, some sort of amulet or, I don't know, every time you ate, it would go, food is good. And I was like, yay. Oh, Gauntlet? <laughs> Gauntlet Legends. So good. So <laughs> yeah. good. But in that game. Valkyrie like, is about to die. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. memories with that. But. <laughs> Whoever was like leading the charge, it would pull the screen. And so if you were like in the other area, it would go as wide as it could, but then it would just start like dragging the character just to stay in that frame. And I remember that not being too upsetting. So probably I wonder if that could apply instead of like being a bubble or someone actually was mentioning that in Sackboy, uh, if your character dies in that portion, they don't actually come back until um, the, the checkpoint. So that's the, the bubble is a lot better because at least the characters doesn't sort of like stay dead. But what, what would you want to change with that to make it more effective? Uh, I just, I think it, my focus would be on a, a, a smarter camera, a camera that understands where to be positioned to maximize people on the screen at once. And, and yes, at a certain point, bubble it up. I think the bubble is a, a an elegant solution in a lot of ways and a, and a kind of fun solution, right? The idea of getting bubbled and, and, di- and when you die, you come back in a bubble. I think all of that is really clever and, and works well, but it has to happen way less often. And I think with a with a camera that could figure it out a bit better, uh, expand wider, or even split the, the screen into two sections mm. if needed at certain points, I don't know, sometimes that that functionality can be wonky and not well done either but i i feel like there would be a way to make it better than it is currently implemented in 3d world mm. um camera's always I, a bit of a issue like i'm playing yeah. mario 64 again <sighs> that was the hardest part about the game was that yeah. really janky camera yeah. well that's you know that was the primitive days right that was when people were figuring out oh the camera's gonna be a real hard thing to fuss to figure out in a in, in the 3D. 3d space yeah yeah um, yeah. And I, I may, you know, maybe I'd love to, um, introduce Sackboy to my son. I think he would dig that game. I, I just haven't sprung for the second PS5 controller yet. Um, so maybe I'll just do that and see if that game handles it better. I, I honestly don't know how the multiplayer works uh, on that game. So, uh, I think he would dig that game, but he may, he is so into Mario. He, he has me like, look up the names of all the bad guys. And he's like memorizing the names of all the oh, bad I guys. And yeah, he, you know, he said, Daddy, uh, we're going to, you know, on Halloween, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go as, you're going to go as Mario and I'm going to go as Luigi or whatever. It's like, it's great. That's but cute. Yeah, it's super cute. He's going to get a little Mario tattoo because that's what happens when you get sucked <laughs> into Nintendo as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got, we just got to the uh, sixth world, which is the cloud world. And uh, it opens up and each of the worlds is connected by that uh, translucent pipe that you go you know soaring through 
And it's the first one where the pipe went up and it absolutely blew his mind. He's like, Dada, Dada, the pipe went up. It went up. I didn't know they could do that. I was like, oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Anyway. Sounds like somebody's going to Japan when it's safe to do so. You got to get, got to get into that theme park. Blow his mind with the oh, first, man. Uh, first theme park. Well, I mean, he's never so been, good. he's never been to any theme parks. Yeah, that's, the first, that's why you need to ruin him. You know, like living in Southern California, my girls have gone to Disneyland enough and they're young enough that they still liked Legoland. But like me as an adult, it's like, oh, I get it. You live near here and you go and Legoland's fine. But like you go to Disney and like you put a cup in the trash can and then someone comes and takes that cup out without you seeing them take, you know, and then you go to Legoland and like the trash cans overflowed and you're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Mario Land looks incredible is what I'm saying. I want to go there. I want to go there. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go there. I'll be like, son, you want to go to a theme park? All it's going to take is a 17 hour flight. Yeah. And <laughs> but you can play what? switch on our way. So he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, yeah. I know you're full, but you need to stop paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell him that all the time. Yeah. We, we went out, we went out today, by the way, apologies for all the stories about my kids, but uh, we went out today uh, we haven't really gone out to anywhere, but we went out and we were walking around and he's like, uh, Dada, I want to, I want to buy something. I, I think, I think I have the money to buy something. And I was like, where did you get the money to buy something? He's like, I think I have the money, Dada. I was like, you don't have any money. You don't have any money. There's no, you don't, there's my, my piggy bank, Dada. You have four pennies in your piggy bank that you found on the street. You have no Aww. money, son. You gotta earn it. Get a job. Anyway. It needs to accrue interest. Like, give him a chance. Get him on. I'll get him, him on YouTube. I give him the same interest rate I get. <laughs> get him. Get him <laughs> reviewing toys. You know, like we got to. You yeah. got to turn this kid into a profit cow early. Like my girls, I, I miss that boat. You know, you gotta. You what are you I talking wanna, about? Your girls are still adorable. They could. They could. You know, the, earn their they way. They both. They've both tried a couple of YouTube channels, and after a little, their engagement dropped. Their agent dropped them both, and they needed more churn. Like one pivot, pivoted to TikTok. Um, hurt her ankle, just a horrible, horrible ankle injury trying to do this dance move. She has 2 million followers, but it's just competitive now, you know? So we're now moving to Insta and doing a lot of stories, really trying to make her name as like um, photography, right. but like filtered. Um, get that brand deal, yeah. Yeah, you got to – if your kid's not pulling in 2 mil by their fifth birthday, you got to get – you cut them That's loose. You fail as a parent. Thank you, Maude. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Mine has four pennies in his piggy bank. <laughs> Uh, we got a listener who sent us a review of a game that they have been enjoying. Uh, this comes to us uh, from DL, uh, excuse me. This comes to DLC feedback at gmail.com from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Chris Podmore sent this to us. Chris writes Podmore. Podmore. I will happily <laughs> bring it on. I love it. Yeah. Uh, this guy's got to be a podcaster at some point, right? With that name. Uh, Chris writes, uh, I am just writing in for a game suggestion. Xbox Game Pass recently added the console port of Project Winter to their lineup. Let me tell you, this game is some of the most fun I've had in a while. To give you a simple explanation of the game, it's like Among Us and The Long Dark had a baby. The game is done by Other Ocean Group. The premise is that you and seven other players start off in a cabin in the assumed Canadian wilderness and survive by monitoring your warmth and hunger levels and escaping via a helicopter. You are tasked with three objectives and a bonus objective you claim from the map board. Your objectives are to find and repair the power station, find and repair the helipad, and call for help from the cabin radio. 
The parts required are randomized and can be either crafted by cutting down trees, breaking rocks to craft them, or other tools and guns, or by finding them in randomly placed bunkers that require more than one person to open them. You work with the other players with a proximity-based chat or by picking up colored radios to communicate over long distances. The game offers quick and basic 15-minute rounds or 30-minute normal rounds, which involve role assignment to the players like detective or medic. However, just like Among Us, there are two traitors in your midst, and you can take them out, uh, and you and, and that can take you out and sabotage your objectives and plant traps everywhere. The trader can utilize the swap clothes option and take your clothes and swap them for theirs, and your gamer tags are switched. Whoa. They can find crates on the map, which can only be opened by traders, and utilize a similar venting style system, both of which set off proximity alarms to nearby players when used. The traders also have the advantage of using red-colored radio to communicate privately over long distances as well, and you can pick up yellow or blue radios to listen in on those conversations too. Now, as you'll learn quickly, the traders are not the only potential threat as global events such as blizzards, which knock you out of your warmth and chip away at your hunger, random teleportation and turning everyone into rabbit suits, which helps the traders, are things that you have to worry about. Oh, and it's the Canadian wilderness so I would also watch out for wolves and bears. I won't even get into the DLC that has a 30-minute night mode and other unique events that may or may not involve beating up the ghosts of animals you killed with Bibles. <laughs> Overall, this game takes a bit to get used to, and the controls for aiming the guns on the console is a bit weird, but I highly recommend this to anyone who plays Among Us or those styles of games that involve social deception. Regards from a longtime listener, Chris. Awesome. I had not heard of this game, Project Winter. Have either of you heard of it? Mm-mm. That sounds cooler. Yeah. It does sound cool. It's. I think we're going to get a lot of um, of iteration on the Among Us uh, template. You know, I think people are going to take that idea and run with it in a lot of interesting ways. Uh, we'll see soon. This sounds like one of them. Um, Project Winter. And it's on Game Pass. There's no reason not to check it out. That's cool. I literally have Game Pass on my computer in front of me. Uh, Game Pass is is just the best deal, man. I, I can't even... And we're going to get... But did you know, know that we just released 10 free games that you can get on great games across PlayStation that um, you can also... <laughs> Christian PlayStation Spicer over here. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you'd like to have uh, a game uh, talked about on the show that we have missed or, or you know you, you enjoy and you'd like to have us mention on the show... Send us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com, just like Chris did. And uh, we'd love to hear the games that we maybe didn't didn't catch or you think are awesome. All right, let me thank our uh, last sponsor, which is Ritual. Ritual is a multivitamin. Do you take a multivitamin? You should take a multivitamin. It's good for you. But do you know what's in those multivitamins? You should. You should know what's in your multivitamin. That is why Ritual exists. Sugars, GMOs, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides. All of those are ingredients you might find in a multivitamin, but Ritual is not your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients and forms your body can actually use. No shady extras. My wife has been using Ritual for Women for, oh, wow, I guess over a year now. She loves it. Um, her favorite thing about Ritual is that you don't have to eat it with food. You have to take it with food. 
Um, you can, they, they formulate their multivitamin in a way that is gentle to empty stomachs or easily agitated stomachs. So she, uh, she likes that convenience of being able to take it whenever. Uh, and it, you know, ritual is formulated with a bunch of stuff like uh, vitamin D3 to help fill gaps in your diet. And they have a fresh tasting delayed response capsule design that's, uh, that dev- dissolves later. Again, sensitive areas of the stomach aren't going to be agitated. Uh, and it's made traceable. That means you'll always know where your nutrients come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. And there's a whole bunch of different rituals now. I, I take Ritual for men. My wife takes Ritual for women. There's also a teens version. version. Uh, these are scientifically developed to help support different stages of life. Ritual makes the habit of taking a multivitamin easy. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. And you can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. If you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash DLC to start your ritual today. That's R-I-T-U-A-L dot com slash DLC. I jumped on the Game Pass and um, Octopath Traveler is going to be there in three days' time. I thought I had read that. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that? Well, great, because two days ago I just dropped $60 on it. Oh, so. no. But you wouldn't be able to play it, you know, in bed necessarily. That's true. And that is worth every cent. Good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for making me feel instantly better because I went real sad for a second. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I have done that a number of times, uh, by the way. I uh, purchased a thing and then found out it's it's already either already on Game Pass or coming to Game Pass. I'm like, why didn't I just search? I have um, bought Elder Scrolls Online three times. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't remember what the most recent one of that is where I was like, I just bought this. It was already on Game Pass. I can't remember what that was, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Always worth, a, always worth a search. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have our parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Maud Garrett, it has been so much fun having you on. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me and chatting games. I actually haven't spoken games in a hot second, so this has been a lot of fun. Well, it's been a delight. Tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the great stuff that you do online. If you want to see me play video games, I stream uh, a few times a week on Geekbomb, so twitch.tv slash geekbomb. Um, I, I just played Stardew Valley again. I love Stardew. It's just my happy place. It's just such a sweet little game. Uh, and I also upload all my streams onto YouTube, which is youtube.com slash geekbomb. But I'm Maud Garrett on Twitter and Instagram and all the other places. Awesome. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Yeah, I mentioned at the top. I'll mention it again. I have a comic book up on Kickstarter right now. It is called Consequences. You can find it pinned on my Twitter, which is at Spicer, over at my website, christianspicer.com. This is the final last full week. It's to the end of the month. To the end of March is how long the Kickstarter runs. Um, So head over there. I have an international shipping option, a few folks asked. So I provided that as well if you want the physical version of the book. Um, J.P. Kuvert has an awesome new enamel pin uh, that we're going to try to get out to folks as well. So go back this book. I'm super proud of it. 
Um, I think it's very compelling. It's about uh, a mercenary, Cara Diol, and she's badass, and the book's badass. So I, I would love for you to go to Kickstarter, read about it, read more about it, and then if you like it as much as I think you will, back it. And I can't wait for people to see it. I have a uh, newsletter. Usually I send out two per month or so. It's, you can find it at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And then I stream this show live on my Twitch, typically Sundays at 7.15 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, we can see our beautiful faces. And I tweaked it again this week. So our, our the three-person layout's a little different. And I added a live layout for the stories we're talking about for Story of the Week as well. So I can have those pulled up on the web in addition to gameplay trailers and stuff like that. So check it out over on Twitch and uh, and go back that Kickstarter. Yeah, man. Very cool. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And um, the Dungeon Run is coming back. We announced last week it is coming back. I'm so excited. We have a new Patreon, patreon.com slash the Dungeon Run. And we're doing live streams of old episodes uh, on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the dungeon run all week long leading up to the 31st, which will be our first new episode back uh, picking up the story where we left off. I'm super excited. Very proud of that show. And I'm glad we're bringing it back. Um, so please do check that out. Twitch.tv slash the dungeon run, patreon.com slash the dungeon run. The show will also be on YouTube as it has been um so uh yeah we're we're really excited we're super glad that caffeine has let us uh pick up the mantle and and bring it forth but now we're doing the show on our own so it's gonna be uh we're gonna need the help of patrons to make that happen so please do check it out there's really cool bonuses and extras you can find to to uh incentivize supporting the show patreon.com slash the dungeon run uh also i do the slash film cast we're doing a big episode about the snyder cut as we talked about the beginning of the show of uh justice league I think it's going to be a very entertaining episode. So check that out over at slashfilmcast.com. And uh, I also do We Have Concerns, which is a show I do with Anthony Carboni about science and comedy. We teach you something, but make you laugh along the way. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. All right. Let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Do you have a recommendation to help people get through their week? Sure do. I love that you were talking about Dungeons and Dragons, and I actually see on Twitch that the Dungeon Run is live right now, which is cool. It um, is, yeah. So I actually do a series that kind of throws the rule book out the window that just focuses more on the improv side of D&D where we create characters on the spot and then love just it. do a 10-episode run using sort of like little details that they decided to drop when making that um character live it's called fungens and flagons because it's more about having fun and there was drinking (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but i've done three seasons of fungens and flagons that you can find on geek bomb it's a really good entry point for people that don't really understand dnd or it's an intimidating sort of like step i don't know about you guys but i remember watching the cartoon when i was a kid i love fantasy as a genre and the video games and i was like ready to play and then when I got in there, I created my character and I had like sheets of paper and I was like, wow, it's a lot of stats. Um, and I remember the very first game we uh, encountered these goblins and I was like, well, I'm a ranger and I'm the best ranger. And my 17 page backstory says that I'm the best out there. 
So I'm going to run up this tree and I'm going to backflip. And as I backflip, I'm going to fire an arrow that gets into the skull of those three goblins. And my DM goes, you can get to the tree. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? That's, he goes, that's all you can do. That's your movement. And I was just, I felt so restricted by how D&D actually was. And so my whole thing is if you can dream it, you can do it. You just need to roll high enough. So in that particular instance, I'd probably have to roll like a 17 or higher. Uh, And if I didn't, then the worse I failed, the worse that that would go. And so that's what I've done three seasons of. Um, If anyone wants to get into D&D or just have an improv style game, Anthony Carboni was a guest in my last season as well. So that's something that I'm pushing because it's my little baby and I'm proud of it. And I hear what you're saying where you love a show and we had we had Patreon backing for it as well. So, yeah, and I'm the thank, thank you, Nathan. I'm the moderator in it. Fungeons and flagons. That's very very cool. Uh, Chris Spicer, what is your parting gift? Without any hint of irony or sarcasm, Justin Bieber's new album, Justice. Um, I liked Changes. It wasn't as well reviewed, but Justice is being very well reviewed, and it's it's real good. It's more intimate album. Um, this man grew up in the spotlight and made mistakes and me 10 years ago would not believe that I'd be saying it as often as I am, but it's real good. And the videos are pretty entertaining. Who would have thought that, uh, this kid can sing. He's not even a kid. This man, he is, is very good. It's called changes, Justin Bieber's new album. And it's uh, excellent. You know, I did like five years doing FM radio in Australia and I spoke about Justin Bieber an awful lot but you have shown more love and excitement for that one album than I did in five years. So well done. <laughs> well, Australia, if you need a DJ to play some yeah. tunes, I stay up late, Bieber. Uh, he's also being sued by Justice the Band, also an excellent band. for their, They're claiming trademark for using a lowercase T in the word mm. Justice the way he does in his album. But, uh, it's real, but also, <laughs> Come on! Nope, for real. That's real. That's real lowercase T? Because it looks like a cross. Yeah, trademark's a funny thing. But Justin Bieber, Justice, go listen to it. It's good. My parting gift is a show that I discovered on Netflix, but originally started on True TV. It's called I'm Sorry. And it is hilarious. A 22-minute sitcom. Uh, oh, gosh. What's the name of the woman who's who stars in it, has created it? Uh, I will find right now. It One is... moment, please. <laughs> I should have looked that up. Um, it is, uh, not family friendly. Uh, it is very much a, uh, you know, adult show, but I, my wife and I are tickled every time we watch it. It is, um, Andrea Savage. Andrea Savage is the creator, writer, star, and is kind of about her life as a comedy writer here in LA. And, uh, she, she makes us laugh. It's very, very funny, uh, you know, about having, she has a, a, a daughter and is married and it's very much a sitcom life, but uh, gets yourself into problems. It's got a little bit uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque where she says, you know, an inappropriate thing and then has to deal with it all episode long. <laughs> but uh, just very, very funny. And uh, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. It's called I'm Sorry. You can find it on Netflix. We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This comes to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. This comes from John, who writes, uh, just discovered a fantastic board game I wanted to share. It's called Unmatched, and I am obsessed with it. 
It's a two to four player game described as a miniatures dueling game featuring fighters of all kinds from the page to the screen to the stuff of legends. The combinations of matchups are what will keep the game fresh for me. Bruce Lee versus Bigfoot, Little Red Riding Hood versus Velociraptors. How about Buffy versus Medusa? The game is super fast, easy to teach, and really only takes about 30 minutes per game. You can play 1v1 or teams with three or four people. And if you have multiple sets, setting up several 1v1 matches takes no time at all. Each character comes with a mini, sidekick tokens, and has a deck of 30 cards that is super unique to their style. Sherlock Holmes, for instance, specializes in looking at the opponent's hand and then guessing the value of their cards to negatively affect them in later turns. Most of the original characters were public domain, but they are adding more and more licensed characters. There are a lot of expansions out and more on the way, including Marvel uh, sets. Looking forward to having a team match. I'm looking forward to having a team match with Squirrel Girl and Bigfoot taking on a T-Rex and the Invisible Man. I've heard a lot of, uh, thank you, John, for writing that. I've, I've heard a lot of really wonderful buzz about Unmatched. Uh, it's not a game I have yet, but it does seem really, really clever and fun. It launched with just a, b- a bunch of public domain uh, characters, but they've been adding so many sets. Uh, it makes me want to dive in as well. It looks really cool. So thank you. Again, if you want to have your parting gift on the show, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Maud Garrett and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those bumpers. Thanks to the folks hanging out with us in real time, live on Twitch and seeing the video version. Uh, And thank you to each and every one of you who download the show and listen to us. We're grateful, and we'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.